21 days of fasting and prayer, I've just been uh, praying and seeking the Lord in this idea of, um, of the Old Testament reflecting Jesus in the New Testament. And one of the things the Lord led me to was this concept of looking into the different types of prayer and how they prayed um, in the Old Testament. And one of the things that uh, we're going to focus on tonight uh, comes from uh, the tabernacle prayer. In fact, if you got an email from me this week, you probably got a large document. Um, and one of the things mentioned in there is the tabernacle prayer. Uh, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle was the dwelling place of God built uh, to his specifications. It was where he would meet his people. That's what this was. In fact, uh, if this was back in the Old Testament days, the only place you could meet God was in the house of God, in this place called the tabernacle. And as they entered in the tabernacle, they passed through about seven stations following God's instructions to experience his presence. And obviously we know that today we don't need to do this, but I like to learn about it and share about it because this means something. This is something. And you know, the, the New Testament did not replace the Old Testament. The New Testament made a way for the Old Testament through Jesus. Does that make sense? In other words, the things of the Old Testament disappeared. In other words, the symbolism, the sacrifices, the ways of doing things disappeared. But um, Jesus represented a lot of this. And so we don't lose the things from the Old Testament just because of the New Testament. And, and so I wanted the guys to put that diagram up on the, uh, the picture, up on the screen. And you'll see the tabernacle um, behind me. And you'll see that there was only one opening. And the opening was on the east side. It was where the sun rose. And, you know, it's, I was, as I was praying over this, I wonder why it's just the east side and not the north and not the south and the, and the west. And it was just the fact that, you know, I was keep thinking about this verse that his mercies are new every day. And then you would go through one entrance, and this is everybody. Think about it. If we wanted to worship God, it's kind, I guess it's kind of like our... Um, our entrance here at the auditorium, there's only one entrance. I know we have one over there and there, but the one main entrance. And you come in through that east side entrance and you get into the outer court. And when you get into the outer court, when you look at uh, the, the steps coming up, there was a number of things in place according to God's specifications so that we could go into the presence of God and worship Him and offer up our prayers. And the first thing you saw was this brazen altar. But even before the brazen altar was the outer court. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but a few weeks ago we talked about it on our New Year service, uh, our praise party. We talked about Psalm 100, right? Uh, enters gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And we got wild and people were dancing in the aisles and all kinds of things, right? And... Um, Psalm 100, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts. Give thanks to him and praise to his name. That's what they were doing in the outer court. 
Um, if you could put that uh, picture back up, yeah? That's what they did. So imagine all of us, even before anything was done tonight, we just got up on our feet and we just thanked the Lord. And can we do that right now? Before we enter into a time of prayer and worship tonight, can we just enter in by giving him a just thanks? And what, what is thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is, God, even if you did nothing at all with my prayer requests, I am grateful. And so can we just give God gratitude and give him thanks for uh, who he is? And even before there's any keyboard, any, any music, uh, anything that would make us, uh, you know, maybe a little emotional, and those things are all good, but just express your gratitude. You know, enter his courts with praise. Give him thanks. And who? Jesus. Give thanks to him. And praise his holy name. Praise his name. Jesus, we thank you. And we open up our mouths. And we give thanks to you, for you alone are worthy. For you alone, God, have done so much for us. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for giving us a new, fresh life, a hope that is beyond what this world gives, a, a love that is beyond what this world can give. God, I pray for the joy. Thank you for the joy inside of, a, inside of us, God. We take it for granted, God. So today, even before we come into uh, this outer court, uh, even before we go into the brazen altar, God, we come with praise to you. Now, I just want you to spend some time, just for a couple minutes, thinking about all of the blessings in your life. I mean, we've got homes, we've got cell phones, we've got media, and we've got a roof over our head, you know. Uh, a few months ago, I sat down with people that were trying to raise money for an orphanage because they didn't have a roof in this orphanage in Burma or Laos, and all they had was a tarp, and it rains a lot there. And they were just saying how there's kids so grateful just to have walls on, on, on the sides. They don't even have a roof. And we got a roof. We're, you know, the things that you can be thankful about. Think about the fact that you have water that you can drink from. Think about the fact that we have books and, and knowledge that you can gain understanding from. Think about the fact that we have resources. You know, sometimes if you come short... Uh, in a month, you know, you live in a place where you actually have credit. You can kind of buy a little bit of time. You got to pay it back with a little bit of interest, but you can, you know, you have that. It's a luxury. Think about the fact that we have heat in this building. Let's thank God for that. Amen. And I want you to, sometime in during these 21 days, I want you to just write down a list of everything and just journal it. Even the simple things that you can be grateful about. And I want you to stick it somewhere that you go by every day and say, God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, God, that even in my darkest hour, you are faithful to me. Even in the craziness of my life, you are faithful to me. And you know, I, I love my daughter because she uh, likes to sing when she wakes up. And sometimes when we're listening to worship music, uh, she gets into it a little bit, you know, and then she'll start to just make up words. You know, I like that about kids. Uh, they just make up words. 
And I just kind of encouraged that in her life. Just go ahead, sing. Sing whatever you want to say. And sometimes she does, sometimes she's a little shy. But some, when she does, it's kind of unique, you know, what happens in a harder life. And she just says things that is so beautiful sounding to the heart of God, even though she doesn't know the depth of theology, even though she doesn't know scripture, even though she may not know what she's saying, it sounds so good to our creator. I want to say this prayer out together. It's Father God, you are good and you deserve all my praise and more. Let's read it together. Thank you for the many ways you have blessed me and for watching over me. See, hold on just a second. Tell him specific things in your life right now that you're grateful for. Just one or two things. Just tell him what, tell him openly. Tell him right now where you're standing. Thank him for something new that you've never thanked him for before right now. Just one or two things. Maybe just one thing. I want to experience your presence, Jesus and your love in a fresh, new way today. I thank you that your mercies are new every day. I thank you for who you are and all you have done for me. Can we just go ahead and thank him one more time? Thank him one more time. Maureen, just come up and and play if you wouldn't mind. You can be seated real quick again. The second thing that that they would see, the second step that they would take it was the brazen altar. And it, was, it, it represents in the New Testament and in the Old Testament the cross of Jesus. In the Old Testament, everyone had to regularly bring animal sacrifices. I know this is kind of crazy. As payment for their sins. I don't know about you, but I think I would have to be like bringing in the biggest, the fattest calf, right? I mean, like, man, do I have reasons to be thankful and give sacrifices to the Lord. But today we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that because Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. Therefore, the only thing we have to do is say yes to his grace. Yes to that sacrifice. And see, when we say yes to that sacrifice, if we really allow it to be something that resonates inside of us after Thanksgiving, it's amazing how God put it this way, in this order. After Thanksgiving, after gratitude, we get our spirit in order, in humility, we come to the cross of Jesus. That's where the brazen altar is. Psalm 103, 2-5 says, Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, some translations. My soul, and forget not all his benefits. Isn't there so many benefits to the cross? Who forgives all of your sins, not just 99%, but 100%. And heals what? All your diseases. All of it. Not just 99%. 100%. Who redeems your life from the pit. And crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. He wants to give us good things. He doesn't want bad things for us. He wants good things. Even when he disciplines us. It's because 
He wants good things for us. He's a good father who redeems your life and crown, from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You've heard the verse from Isaiah, mount up with wings like eagles, right? There's something about eagles that's so unique. And what's unique about them is that they wait for this unseen wind to happen so that it's effortless the way that they fly. In fact, they are the only bird that actually can stay at high altitudes without even trying to. And what this Word of God is teaching us, that when we come to the cross and we really align our heart with gratitude, He will renew our youth like the eagle. It's going to be effortless. That's what it's like to come to Jesus. Some of us, man, we come to Jesus when we come to service. (laughs) We come on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or into the presence of God. We are like, God, I was bad. I was bad. I did this. I did that. And Jesus is saying, come on in. Come on in to my presence. As long as our hearts are right, he will minister to us. See, let's thank God for the gift of Jesus. We are to thank God for his son. We are to thank Jesus for his sacrifice and love. Let the power of the cross and what it means for your life really settle into your spirit. In addition to expressing your gratitude, claim the power of of transformation and healing that the cross of Jesus has in your life. The cross is not just a place that you made this confession and you said thank you for heaven. No, it is a transformational tool for us. Just like the brazen altar was for the people of Israel when they would come and give their sacrifices. That's what that cross meant. I had Ron make that cross this afternoon. It's nothing fancy, but it represents something. It represents that each one of us here tonight, that our life is continually changing. This is why the Bible teaches us that we are to take our cross daily, right? It's not to, we always think daily and we're dragging the cross, but the truth is it's daily power and transformation in that cross and that is a good thing amen the cross provides us with these five benefits salvation healing redemption that he rescues me he restores me it gives us transformation and it's a blessing it gives me everything i need can we say this prayer out and when the when we get to the area with the brackets I will read that out by myself okay thank you God for making a way for me through your son Jesus thank you for your sacrifice you made for me on the cross you saved me you set me free I praise you for being my healer you have power over all disease and harm in my life now, I just want you to list specific areas where you need to experience God's healing power And sometimes that's health-related, but maybe there's other things. You know, one of the things that I've been praying about this new year has been, God, 
Help me to see my blind spots. Help me to to see it and bring healing to those blind spots. Let's read it again. Continue with the prayer. Thank you for being my redeemer. You'll rescue me and give my life purpose. Thank you for transforming my life with your love, for making me new. I want to grow to be more like you. Now give him access to every area of your life. What does that mean? Just say, God, I'm all yours. I'm all yours. Everything I am. blessing me and I know you have good plans for me amen and all that I have comes from you come on let's thank him for specific blessings thank Jesus the son of God who came and knows exactly how we feel for his blessings specific things God I thank you for Audrey for Aria for Autumn and Emery thank you God God, I thank you for this church. Thank you for each person here tonight. Lord, I thank you for each person connected to this body. Lord, I thank you for each person that is receiving healing right now, wherever they're at. Lord, I thank you that we get to come and spend time in your presence. Lord, I thank you that you are good and you're faithful and your mercy endures forever. Can we just stand up here tonight? I just want you to spread out if you can. Spread out if you can. And I just want you to go ahead and just begin to worship Jesus. Begin to worship Jesus. As you do that, I want to talk about the third thing. One of the things that was the next step as you're moving out of your seats, getting to a place, was the, the labor. It was about cleansing and preparation. Romans 12, 1, we talked about it in our noon hour prayer. This, I appeal to you, Paul says to the church. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. That means that we live in a place of giving our lives, not just to purity, but all that we are our heart, soul, mind, body, everything, our time, talents, treasure. We give everything. I'm a living sacrifice, God. I'm a living sacrifice to you. This is our spiritual worship. It's as good as the music is, as good as um, the sound may be, as good as the buildings may be. It's all about Jesus. Say, so God, I give you my tongue to speak good and not evil. I give you my eyes to focus on you and the need of others. I give you my ears to be sensitive to your voice. I give you my hands to do good for others. I give you my feet to walk in your ways and follow your footsteps. I give you my mind to be transformed and used by you. To continue to work inside of us. We recognize you're here. We're aware. And we welcome you. We welcome you welcome you to do a deep work, a deep work that goes beyond our understanding, that comes from the heart of God, to be an advocate. You truly do 
embrace our worship. So we invite you as a person, one God, three persons. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Do what only you can do. In the next piece of the tabernacle, the guys are going to put up that diagram back on the screen was a seven-branch golden candlestick. Some of you guys have seen this in our community. You've seen this a lot. And uh, what this represented was the, the Holy Spirit and the fire and how when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives that we can be light in dark places. You know, we were praying. There's about 12 or 13 of us this morning uh, maybe it was yesterday, and I told him, I said, you know, the whole world was turned upside down because of 11 people. 11. And I think we had exactly 11, I think, for prayer. And uh, I was glad we didn't have 12 because it wouldn't work out with Judas, right? <laughs> We'd be wondering who's Judas amongst us. <laughs> but the whole world was turned upside down because of 11 people, and they caught on fire. Obviously, there was more followers and there was more people in the mix eventually. Well, one of the things I've known is, is waiting on the Lord is not, um, it's not trendy. It's, it's not cool. It's, it's not something that we look forward to, waiting on the Lord. But the Holy Spirit gives us unctions that sometimes when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. That's why, you know, I want to encourage you. Uh, maybe you don't come from a Pentecostal background. Maybe you do. But whenever you hear me say, you know, speak out in the Spirit, what I'm saying is speak from a place that the Holy Spirit is doing something inside of you. And uh, if you don't have that gift, you know, the gift is way more than speaking in tongues. Can I get an amen? amen? It's way more than that. But if you don't have that gift right now, I just want you to ask him. He's here. And he'll give it to you. Just ask him, Holy Spirit, I want you to come and fill my life. I want you to come and fill my life. If you're here and you've, you've, you've had this gift, you know, and it's been a long time, you might need a tune-up. You know, it's like going to the gas station and filling your air. When the temperature goes up and down, sometimes you lose air out of your tire. You might need to go there right now. We're in the gas station in the presence of the Lord and say, fill me up, refill me, Holy Spirit, refill me. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Isaiah 11, 2 says, The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. When Jesus left the earth, Christians were given the gift of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended to heaven, his disciples were heartbroken just because they were human. They're like, hey, not only did you die, we saw you be crucified. We thought we lost you. Then we saw you that you're alive again. And here we go. The kingdom of God is starting. And they thought that Jesus was going to be with them and walk with them. And he takes them and he says, hey, I'm not leaving you. I'm giving you a gift. I'm giving you another person. And his name is the Holy Spirit. And he guides us 
and he comforts us and he empowers us. So can we say this prayer together? Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me up. In fact, why don't we just put our hands out right in front of you, just like this, just like this. And say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to fill me up. I need your presence in my life. Guiding, directing, comforting, and counseling me. I know that you, Holy Spirit, are God in the Trinity with God, the Father and the Son, Jesus. You are the spirit of wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, and knowledge. Give me a holy fear of the Lord, helping me to be aware in awe of who God is and what God does. Work in me, Holy Spirit. Teach and transform me. Now hold on a second. Pray through any areas where you feel the need for transformation tonight. Just pray through any area. Say, Holy Spirit, transform me to be more like Jesus. I acknowledge your presence. I acknowledge your presence. I acknowledge your work. I acknowledge your work. Any, any area. Just one. Just focus on one. Let's continue. I honor you and ask you to empower me with your spiritual gifts for the good of the church. church is bigger than New Song Church. Church is bigger than this building. Church has been happening for a long time. It's the bride of Christ. That's who that is. And so we just say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome. What does it mean? You are welcome. You know, and one of the things the Lord has challenged me with is just like I have a desire and a clock to eat. In fact, in the last few days, as we've started the fast, uh, I've had to catch myself a few times, you know? I'm in a fast, and I've been fasting all day, all the way till the evening, and about six o'clock. And uh, today will be a full fast, amen. <laughs> Extra brownie points from Jesus, <laughs> you know? But uh, I, I, I kind of... My internal clock tells me I'm hungry. Come on. How many of you guys know that? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. In fact, uh, you know, our, the kids are eating. They're not fasting. Yes, pastor's kids aren't forced to fast, okay? So they get to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, there's been a couple times where uh, they had chicken nuggets or something like that. And I don't know what's going on, but around... I don't know, it's just reaching out and I'm grabbing it. And um, I don't even recognize that I'm doing that. In other words, it's trained inside of me to desire food, which is good, to sustain yourself, to have energy, the science behind it, right? But the reason why we fast is so we can do the same thing. Like I'm stretching out for a nugget, but what am I stretching out for? Is the Word of God. That's what I'm stretching out for. That's why it's so important when you're fasting, not just to fast and do things, but to stop and to take time and have a moment and pray and worship Jesus and get into the Word of God. That's what the next spot was in the tabernacle. It was a table of showbread. It represented the Word of God. 
It was 12 loaves of bread represented. And it represented the importance of reading God's word for daily sustenance. I think about this all the time. I said, God, thank you for a heart's desire for your word. But I wonder how much more could happen in and through my life if I could just be in your word more. That's what I need. In fact, when Jesus said, you know, man will not live on bread alone, he really meant that. In other words, you have to know what word is from God and what word is not from God. And the only way to do that is to know the word of God in your life. That's the only way to know. If you want to know direction tonight, you're asking the Holy Spirit and you're asking God, I need direction, I need wisdom. This is it. Get this inside of you. Joshua 1.8, Joshua's being charged to take over as commander for the uh, people of Israel. It says this, keep this book of the law, and it was just the Torah, the first five books. It was just the Torah for them. On your lips. In other words, even as you speak, keep these words on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. You know, some of us, we really pat ourselves if we spend five minutes in the morning, you know. And if it's at 4.30 a.m., Jesus, His glory, and angels visited you, right? But it says day and night. In other words, there's no time limit on this. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. This is wise words. This is what we need. Then you will be what? Prosperous and successful. You know, I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm really not. But that is what that means. When we get this on our lips, when we meditate on it day and night, there's success and your life is prosperous. And that word prosperous is more than just money. Amen. Come on, we got to get off that money train. It's so much more to life. I just want to mention something. God's word, it's an incredible gift. The disciples didn't have the New Testament. They had the gospel accounts. They didn't have the New Testament. These were letters written mostly by Paul to the church. They didn't have this advantage just didn't have it. We have so many Bibles today, right? It's such a powerful tool. It has great reverence, reverence and impact as a prayer tool. And here's how I want you tonight or this 21 days to incorporate God's Word into your prayer time. Take time to read and think about the Word. In other words, take time to relax you know it's like playing golf one of the things if you play golf is you cannot think about anything else or you will shank hitting the ball it don't matter how good you are you have to focus and keep your eyes on the ball the same thing keep your eyes focus in on the word of god claim god's many promises Some of you guys don't think you don't deserve to be in the presence of God. You can claim the promises of God that says you're a son or daughter of the Most High King. It don't matter what your background is. Once you have Jesus, you are royalty. Once you have Jesus on your side. And then ask Him for a fresh revelation. 
Every day I'm like, God, even if I read the same verse, I'm like, how did this happen? How did this happen? The same verse. What are you saying? It's through the Holy Spirit. He's giving fresh revelation. Ask Him for a word to help you as you go throughout your day. God, what's your agenda today? Give me a word. Just like I need food. Give me a word, because that's how I'm going to survive. So let's pray this together, can we? Except for the ones in, in, the, uh, in the brackets. Thank you, God, for giving me your word. I commit to reading it, and I ask you to reveal yourself to me through it. I want to know you more. Help me to grow more in love with your word and to be more dependent on it. I claim the promises you have for me, and I meditate on the truth of your word. Now pray any scriptures that are on your heart or that God has given you in your current season. If you don't have a scripture, maybe today you're far from God. and Maybe you just need to say John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whosoever would believe in him would find eternal life. So just believe in him. Maybe you have some other scriptures in your life. I just want you to go ahead and focus on that word and allow it to get into your spirit and your soul. thing that you saw in the tabernacle was a small altar that was an altar of incense. You see it on, on, my, on your left right there. It was just a small altar right before the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark which was representing the presence, the literal presence of God. Back then, the presence of God that we're feeling tonight, it was only available in the Holy of Holies. In fact, only the high priest could go in there, and we, we laughed about it during prayer. And what they would do is they would tie a rope around his leg, and they would put bells on it. And if there was any sin in his life, any sin at all, <laughs> the bells on his leg would stop ringing, not because it was the bells, but the high priest would be dead because God can't be in the presence of sin. And so they would tie a rope, and literally, if he didn't make it, you know, they would just pull him out of the presence of God. You know, it's interesting about this altar, the altar of incense, before you get into the ark. This altar represents worship. Notice with me that it was five steps before we even got to worship. Think about that. How... How much of a landing or takeoff or whatever you want to call it, coming to the outer courts with thanksgiving and gratitude in our hearts, getting to the brazen altar and saying, thank you, Jesus, going to the lever and and washing and cleansing and, and sanitizing ourselves and saying, God, I'm yours. I'm cleansing myself before I even come into your presence, going and saying, God, I need the Holy Spirit to show me, to reveal to me things that I don't even know about. 
you know, my, my motives, my attitude, the things that my blind spots are, the things I need to grow in Holy Spirit, you can do that. You're a fire inside of me, the help that I have in the world. Then the Word of God is sustaining. It's not all passion, amen? It's not all rah-rah. It's not all passion. It's the Word of God sustaining me, and then I get to worship after I've been cleansed. You know, one of the things that it, um, Muslims know, and I grew up in Kuwait, they know that before they walk into the mosque, and they do this quite often, they pray four to five times a day, and they put their speakers outside their buildings. So they, everybody knows when it's prayer time. But one of the things about uh, the prayer time is right before they pray, there's actually a call to prayer, kind of like how we have a call to worship. Sometimes we'll have a call to worship. And what happens is people start coming in and they start cleaning their hands and feet before they get into the mosque to clean themselves up. And they have this, almost this ritual, almost this behavior to say, I'm walking into the presence of God. I'm about to walk into the presence of God. Now these are Muslims. They don't serve a living God. We serve a living God as Christians. Yet sometimes we don't know what we're doing, right? I understand, you know, we don't know what we're doing. But we have to be careful as we go into worship to come in from a place of saying, God, my worship to you is like incense. And I want it to be like incense. So pure from my heart. And so right now, wherever you're at, can't even really see you guys, to be honest. I just want you to raise your hands. Just raise your hands as high as you can. I know it may be a little uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable for me too. I'll be honest. And I just want you to say, God, begin to just worship the one true living God. We don't need a song. We don't even need the keys for a second. We just need to worship him in adoration and say, Jesus, I worship you. I worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we have gone through the steps tonight and we recognize who you are. We recognize the holy of holies. We recognize that back then, God, that the people of God entered God's presence and they worshiped your names. We, we recognize that this altar represents worship and this altar of incense, it gives pleasure to you when we worship you. That's what we do. When we lift our hands, it's not because we're Pentecostal or, or we like to do these things. It's a sign of literally surrender to God and saying, I worship you. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. That's where Proverbs 18 says, Thank God for making his presence available to you right now. Praise his name. You know, uh, I know we've heard the names like Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Rapha. You've heard of these names. Just begin to call it out. We thank you, God, for who you are. You're so available to us. You're so personal. We thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, for your presence. I know that you are here with me 
I worship you and you alone. I know, God, that you are my righteousness, like you say in Jeremiah 23, 6. My sanctifier, like you say in Leviticus 20, 7 to 8. My healer, I claim that in Exodus 15, verse 26. My provider, Genesis 22, verse 14. My banner of victory, Exodus 17, 15. My peace in Judges 6, 24. My shepherd in Psalm 23, verse 1. As you pray through the different names of God, focus on a few aspects of who he is that have been especially meaningful to you in your current season of life. Maybe he has been your righteousness. Maybe he has been sanctifying you and healing you, providing for you. Maybe he has been a victory when everybody has been coming against you. That there's a sense of victory on your behalf from the Lord. This banner over who you are. Maybe he's been your shepherd. Lord, I know that you're always with me, God, and your presence is life to me. You give me breath and joy and purpose, and I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.